Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. Major League Baseball trade deadline day is here. Joel Sherman of the New York Post has multiple reports. One, that the Mets are still fielding calls from nine teams on Zach Wheeler. He did also say that the Mets have pulled back Noah Syndergaard and he should remain on the roster. Recapping big trade from Tuesday night, Trevor Bauer is on his way to the Cincinnati Reds. Yasiel Puig and Framel Reyes are headed to the Cleveland Indians and prospects are headed to the San Diego Padres. Plenty of the top teams in the league are looking for starting pitching. Madison Bumgarner is among those names being shopped potentially to the Houston Astros. Yankees first baseman Luke Voigt hits the injured list with a sports hernia. No word yet on how long he could be out. It could be day-to-day or surgery, which has him out up to six weeks. And in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints and Michael Thomas have agreed to a new deal, making Thomas the richest wide receiver in the league. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Wednesday afternoon, the last day in July. And a lot going on right now. It is the MOB trade deadline. One hour away, and a lot of trades have gone down already. We talked about some of them in the first hour. We'll have Matt Odiga from The Athletic coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. So we'll break down a lot of those trades and what it means for your fantasy teams coming up, of course. We'll talk a lot of football as well as we're getting you prepared to dominate for the upcoming season. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron 88. Check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code Ronis50. You get your first two months for the price of one. And then you're going to see all the content that we give you and help you to come out of the draft feeling like a champion and then you're going to want to stick around because of course we have you covered during the regular season as well tons of articles i do the fab article every week it's pretty in-depth i make sure to cover you know 10 team leagues 12 team leagues 14 team leagues and the deep leagues with 20 roster spots or more uh stock watch uh you know sleepers start sit so we got a ton of coverage during the season as well our weekly rankings we were top 10 in fantasy pros draft accuracy ranking last year so a lot of good stuff there and our draft kit just continues to pile more articles each and every day. I have my fantasy football running back primer up. I did a quarterback primer. Uh, I have an article on a breakout receiver that you should be targeting in your drafts. Players that are undervalued, overvalued. Five quarterbacks that are good values to target late. Five running back values. I mean, on and on and on. Online draft reviews. Tons of content. So check it out. Dr. Otto has a look at a recent online championship review. Sean Childs has his in-depth team profiles of every team. Uh, article on sleepers that you need to dominate this year. Plus, you have the ability to ask us questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. So uh, check it out and join today. Uh, my rankings are up. We have consensus ranking, individual rankings. I will make more updates today. I try to update those every single day because uh, I know, you know people are going to be drafted pretty much every day going forward. Uh, we will be into the month of August tomorrow, so a lot going on right now. Uh, you can also head on over to playffwc.com. We got a couple of drafts tonight, a starter full season league at 9 p.m. Eastern, 
18 rounds, 90-second clock, and a starter full-season super flex league. 18 rounds, 90-second clock. That's at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. So people starting to get more involved in those super flex leagues, and uh, I will be participating in the flex super flex league draft on Friday. So I'll talk about my team on Monday and the strategies that I employ there because I know people are starting to do it a little bit more. Uh, and I'm interested to see if it gains more popularity over the next few years just because – uh, we know when we're playing in leagues with one quarterback that we just don't take them early, or most people don't, or we implore you not to. So uh, it does make it uh, interesting to add that super flex because people do push up the quarterback up the boards uh, a little bit. Not always. Um, I know that uh, I don't really push them up too much. So, uh, But you'll see when I do my draft on Friday and um, – We'll, we'll talk about that. So, again, a lot of trades going on in baseball today. We'll start to address them uh, in a little bit. Uh, obviously, uh, the bullpens there in Seattle was crazy uh, because uh, Seattle basically has traded uh, all the relievers. Could you imagine now? There are people who have stashed Hunter Strickland for a month, two months, because we knew that he was on his way back uh, from injury. And now Strickland is on the move, going to the Nationals, as well as Rowenis Elias uh, and uh, Daniel Hudson, all going to the Nationals. And uh, Nationals certainly needed bullpen help. Uh, but when you look at the uh, depth chart right now for the, the Mariners, I mean, they're really light in the bullpen. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, Anthony Bass is there, Corey Guerin. Uh, so I'm sure uh, we mentioned Matt Festa earlier. Maybe he gets the call up. So that's definitely a bullpen that – you're going to want to watch for Fab. I actually have a league that runs Fab tonight, so uh, I could definitely use a closer. I'm in good position holding a, a big lead the entire year, but that's nerve-wracking. Anyone who's been in a league and you have a, a good lead the entire year, you know how it gets uh, down the stretch. Uh, that lead just tends to to diminish a little bit as uh, it's hard to hold on for the entire season. So the one category I think where I can gain some traction is – uh, and, and saves, uh, potentially. So uh, we'll see what happens there in Seattle as they lose three guys out of their bullpen today. So still an hour to go here for the trade deadline. And the big name that we're looking at, I think, is Zach Wheeler. There's been a lot of talk that he could potentially have been traded to Houston. Uh, Corey Dickerson was just traded to the Phillies. Uh, obviously, G.G. Bruce is hurt. Uh, he's it might be out for a few weeks. And uh, Dickerson... Should be in there a lot against righties, and it's a good ballpark. And he has definitely been someone that, when healthy this year, has been able to hit. Uh, as we mentioned just before, a stunning trade here is that the Marlins deal Zach Gallen to the Diamondbacks. So uh, the Diamondbacks trade shortstop prospect Jazz Chisholm. Gallen has been very good this year. He was good last night against the Twins. It's a very good uh lineup and he did a nice job and since he's been promoted to the majors he has a 2.72 era and a 1.18 whip 43 strikeouts 18 walks and his seven starts so uh that's a nice get for arizona uh there's been a lot of talk about them trading robbie ray he hasn't been traded yet zach grinky pitching right now against the yankees in the fifth inning uh rain has started there so they could be bringing the tarp on soon as there are some storms in the area but Certainly, that's uh, one of the biggest surprises, and that's the thing with the trade deadline. Everyone tries to sit here and predict things, and uh, we always get stunning trades, including the big one last night. 
uh, with Trevor Bauer going to the Reds. Don't think that changes his value much. Yeah, it's a little bit more of a hitter's park, but National League facing the pitcher with his dominant stuff, he should be fine. And Yasso Puig and Framo Reyes going over to the Indians to really bolster that outfield, which the team did really nothing to address in the offseason. You know, this is a team that is content in contention for the playoffs, and they certainly needed some bats. So, yeah, they, you know, it's not uh, Cincinnati, obviously, a better park to hit in, but I think those guys will be fine. You know, Puig was really picking it up over the last month or so, and, and it was giving you some speed and some power. So not, nothing to worry about there. And, of course, for the Padres, it opens up uh, playing time once again for Will Myers, who's starting to play a little bit more lately, had a couple good games. Uh, Hunter Renfro obviously will pretty much play every day right now as well. So we'll keep you posted on any trades that break here during the hour, and we'll have an in-depth recap with Matt Modica coming up at 340 p.m. Eastern. When we return, we'll go over the latest football news. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Busy day. MLB trade deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern. A lot of trades going down. You can check out fulltimefantasy.com for all my work. Use the promo code RONIS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. So we've got a ton of content getting you set to dominate the fantasy football NFL season. We already have our preseason pro picks out from Dr. Roto and Sean Childs. Uh, mine will be coming soon as well. Uh, and it also looks like the Braves are close to acquiring Shane Green from the Tigers. So I've got to think if that does happen, that he probably becomes the closer for the Braves. They also acquired Chris Martin from the Rangers yesterday. And obviously, we've seen Luke Jackson struggle a little bit. Uh, it wasn't a safe situation last night, but Jackson did give up three runs. So, uh, you know, Green, not your typical closer, but he's done a nice job and uh, has had a good year this year. So uh, that obviously will change the closer landscape. You would think Jimenez would get an opportunity. I know he hasn't been great this year, but uh, again, it's going to be a wild weekend in FAB with uh, – some players changing teams, especially in the AL and only leagues, which I'm not doing this year. But obviously, uh, there will be some changes, especially uh, Bauer going to the NL and Puig and Reyes going to the AL. So certainly going to be interesting to see what happens. So we'll have uh, more on all the trades. Again, the Marlins also traded Zach Gallen to the Diamondbacks for shortstop prospect Jazz Chisholm. So certainly a surprise there. For sure. So we'll keep you posted on all these trades. And Matt Botica from TheAthletic.com will join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern to break it down. Uh, let's take a look at some of the NFL news. And you know, we're still waiting here for Ezekiel Elliott to report to camp and for this contract to be done. NFL Network's Jane Slater reports the Cowboys in Elliott are not close to an extension after Justine Anderson from ESPN reported yesterday that there was some traction. So who knows? Maybe things change today. 
Uh, but a source told Slayer that they are not close and uh, that everything is the sticking point right now. So you never know in these negotiations, people plan things in the media and they're never going to say, yeah, we're close because both sides are fighting for something. So Elliot is in Cabo right now and I'm not worried about it yet. I think next week is when I start to worry, especially August 6th. That's when you start to get concerned. I have not moved him down my draft board. No, I haven't had a draft in the last few days where I've been picking in the top four uh, and have an opportunity to get them. I'm in a draft right now, the Rasball League, where I'm picking six. So Zeke did not make it to me. Uh, Zeke has not, and in our drafts too, he really hasn't fallen. Now, I guess a little bit um, because we have seen him in the past go one or two. And uh, recently he's gone four, five, four, and three. So it was one draft where someone took Le'Veon Bell ahead of him. And now uh, we talked about that draft the other day. I would not do that. If I had a top four pick and I was drafting today, Zeke falls to me at four. I'm taking him uh, based on what we know right now. But we can't take anything for granted because we saw last year with Le'Veon Bell. And I know that was a different situation. But uh, right now, not going to have uh, concerns uh, about Zeke just yet. Could change next week. Uh, we mentioned about Tariq Cohen, a report that he might not get as many touches. And I, I definitely think that's not going to happen. There's just too many players in this offense uh, and Cohen is just not going to be consistent week to week. Uh, if you go through his game logs from last year, you could see. I mean, it just was – there were too many weeks where he was not usable. And in a best ball league, you don't have to worry about it. But in redraft leagues, you do. And it was it was pretty bad last year. I mean, l- let's look at some of these games. Week one, five carries, 25 yards, three receptions, 16 yards. Week two, four carries, eight yards, one catch, 17 yards. Week three, five for 53 on the ground, three catches, 15 yards. So you're like, you know what? I can't use him. And what happens in week four? 13 carries, 53 yards, seven receptions, 121 yards. Then the next week, seven for 90, eight for 69, and a touchdown the following week. And then that was a 13-target game against New England. That was a high-scoring game with 38-31. I mean, I guess you could look at it with game flow here, too. You know, then they won 24-10. to against the Jets, and he had five carries, 40 yards, one catch for 70 yards. So um, there are a lot of games here where he just wasn't involved. And, yeah, over the course of the season, the whole, yeah, he finishes a top 12 RB. That's great, but how many weeks did he crush you? You know, 71 catches, 725, and five touchdowns is great, but how does it get distributed? And that was the problem. You know, he had two games of 100 yards receiving. So that soaks up a lot of those numbers. I mean, basically, he had 270 Seven yards and 19 catches in two games. Okay, that was like basically 25% of his receiving yards in two games, which is great for those weeks, but we got a long season. And week 15, six carries, 12 yards, one reception, seven yards. Week 16, one, two catches for eight yards. And five carries, 24 yards. He did have the rushing touchdown that week. But that, that's the problem. Then you add David Montgomery into the offense. And you bring in Mike Davis. He's overvalued. I'm not drafting him. I just hate the price tag on him. I mean, ADP of, uh, what, 66, I said, in the Fantasy Football World Championships. Just way, way too high for me, man. Can't do it. It's just he's not a guy that you feel safe that you can say, yeah, I'm going to play him every week. And you need someone in that area. You can't have that volatility. And you see where he's going. No way. I mean, Christian Kirk's after him. Then a couple quarterbacks, Hunter Henry, Rashad Penny, even Darrell Henderson. Speaking of Henderson, we 
you know, we heard about um, uh, his role this year. It came out a little bit. Uh, they were talking about it that basically they like Henderson to play the Chris Thompson role in Sean McVay's offense uh, to create some mismatches. And, uh, you know, we've seen Thompson have some decent years in PPR formats recently. So uh, Henderson and Malcolm Brown are expected to combine for about 35% of the offensive snaps this season, which means Gurley gets about 65%. So Gurley played 86% of the snaps in 14 games last year and 81% in 2017. So he's definitely going to see less touches, and that's why I'm very worried about him. So, But most running backs don't play that high of a percentage. I think there were only about four running backs that finished with 65% more. So, you know, a lot of people feel like, oh, well, Gurley can still finish near the top. It's not even that. It's just that knee hold up. So I'm still very worried about Gurley. Haven't taken him in my drafts. I'm amazed that some people are still taking him early second round. I'm in a draft now. Someone took him on the turn at 12-13. I just can't do that. And, you know, it might work out for them. But we've seen Gurley's range vary. His ADP right now is 19 in the Fantasy Football World Championships, an early of 13, and a high of 27. I'm just not taking him, you know, because your goal in the first couple rounds especially is to minimize the risk. Now, a bunch of these guys can get hurt, but we already know that Gurley has an issue going into the season with this arthritic knee, and he's had issues going back to college. We already saw last year in a crucial game, the NFC Championship in the Super Bowl, he was not able to be out there, so... Yeah, he's fine now. He's not participated in minicamp. He's going to have limited snaps in the preseason. That's okay. But what's going to happen when the workload starts to increase? Is he not going to be able to practice? So to me, there's just way too many red flags here that a lot of people are, are wishing to ignore. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, we've continued to hear rave reviews at Ravens camp for Mark Andrews, the tight end, who's been the most dangerous player so far in camp. And remember, it's not like the Ravens have a ton of wide receivers either. You know, they drafted a couple, including first-round rookie Marquise Brown, uh, who's been, you know, slowed a little bit by this foot injury. Uh, they do have Miles Boykin, who's also been getting good reviews. But we all know this. In this offense, this is not going to be a lot of support uh, in the passing game with Lamar Jackson not throwing much. We saw last year, John Brown was on a roll. Lamar Jackson comes in, and that's it. His fantasy value is squashed. So I do like Mark Andrews. Prefer him as a tight end, too. It's kind of getting a little bit more difficult to acquire him at that price because there is some buzz on him. Well, actually, no, he still is. Uh, 144 is ADP. Love that, man. I mean, love that. I mean, if I, he's my second tight end. I, I can even live with him as my one and then take another tight end, you know, right after that. Uh, but at ADP, at 144 is fine. He's gone as early as 121. Uh, so, yeah. He's going to, he should get the targets in this offense. And, uh, you know, the price is not, not too bad. You know, I think a month or two ago is a lot less. But I definitely am willing to take Andrews in a draft this year. I certainly think the price is still affordable. We'll have more news when we come back, including that on Aaron Jones and Will Fuller when we continue here on Full-Time Fantasy. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on the trade deadline day for Major League Baseball, 4 p.m. Eastern. So 35 minutes to go. We'll keep you posted on anything. Again, the latest deal that I have seen is uh, Shane Green to the Braves. Jed Jorko also traded to the Dodgers, so some depth there. Jorko's been injured most of the season, so we'll keep you posted or anything else that happens. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament, setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer, or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. If you are playing Daily Fantasy Sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Head on over and check out their tools for NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, NHL, and sports wagering, or get access to all of them with the Daily Roto Elite Package. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions of DFS winnings. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code ACTION, DailyRoto.com where millionaires are made. Uh, don't forget, you can also check out uh, MockDraftNow.com. It is free to enter, and you can win a ton of prizes. You can draft as many times as you want, and it takes about five minutes to do a mock draft. So there's no reason not to do it. It's free, so head on over there and check it out today as uh, we continue to Look at some of the football news as well here today. And uh, Aaron Jones dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue right now. Uh, and, you know, he's done a lot of work in this season, working on his pass catching as well. And obviously he's been very efficient the last two years. A little a little bit could use improvement in the pass game. So that's a good thing that he did that. But it looks like, uh, you know, he might be the primary back here. But he's out. Jamal Williams is also out with an injury. So Dexter Williams going to work with the first team a little bit. He's someone to keep in mind late in drafts uh, in deeper formats. He's got an ADP of 227 right now in the Fantasy Football World Championship. So uh, he's one of those guys where it's an example where I've always said. So if you're doing a draft now and you know that you have the waiver wire that opens up before the season, you know, no need to take a kicker or a defense now. This is the exact scenario that I'm talking about. Now it might not pan out, but you take a guy like Dexter Williams and – you draft him, and you never know what happens. Maybe Aaron Jones is not ready to go at the beginning of the year. And Jamal Williams, now all of a sudden, Dexter Williams is a starting running back in a good Green Bay offense with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And now you don't have to go to the waiver wire week one when it opens up and the news is out, and now all of a sudden people are spending three, four, five dollars $500 on him. That's what we're trying to avoid. So that's what I'm talking about. And a lot of these guys that we stash might not work out. 
No, I took uh, in the FSGA draft late June, Raquel Armstead. Fournette's good to go early in the year, and he looks good. All right, you know, I can drop Armstead for someone else. But my goal in this is to stash as many people as possible on those valuable rosters, especially with 20 rounds like we do in our online championship. So that is the goal this time of the year, and more people are doing it. You know, I've seen drafts where only seven defenses, seven kickers go. And it makes sense. If you know you have the opportunity to go to that waiver wire before the year starts, then that's what you should be doing. And I've been saying this for a long time now, and hopefully you guys are listening because uh, one, all you need to do is hit on one of those picks that you stashed. One, just one becomes a potential every week starter, and it's obviously well worth it. So uh, make sure you do that in your drafts uh, that you're doing now. Obviously, as we get closer to the season, we're going to have a lot more information. You know, if you're doing your draft right after the final preseason game, then, yeah, it's a little bit different because we're going to already know, uh, you know, the depth charts and the injury updates. Obviously, now we're still early. We have yet to have a preseason game. Obviously, the first preseason game is tomorrow, the Hall of Fame game, Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons. Uh, But I'm talking about for those that – are doing drafts now and still have, you know, what, 30, 40 days to go before the start of the season, you know, you could wind up with someone that pays big dividends, and that's ultimately what we're looking for here. Uh, the other uh, news to look at here is Will Fuller. You know, they said he's made a full recovery from last year's torn ACL. Uh, he's been uh, a deep threat in camp. So, you know, Fuller, I like better in basketball, but, you know, he's been, he was so good last year, man. Uh, when he was on the field. I mean, he was a top 15 wide receiver last year in PPR when he played last year from weeks two to eight. So he's had a history of missing games, though. That's a big problem for him through his first three years. But, man, is he dynamic. And I have not taken him in any redraft league yet. I think I might have him in one best ball draft. You know, obviously, his price is okay. You know, I wish it could be better. I mean, 77. So you're going to have to take him in the seventh round. Yeah, there's some pretty decent players going in that round. Uh, his earliest 66, late 104. I mean, that's tremendous. I mean, to get him at 104, but that's really not going to happen. That might have been before camp, but it looks like he's good to go. And Watson certainly has a good rapport and connection with him. Uh, so definitely someone I'll, I'll, I'll think about in drafts for sure. I just don't have a lot of shares yet, but certainly in best ball, but we we're definitely concerned about the injuries with him. And that's the same case for a guy like uh, Kiki Cutie as well is uh, that's the one thing we saw last year is those guys. We rarely saw all three talking about QT Fuller and Hopkins on the field at the same time. And uh, if we ever see that, uh, that's just going to be a, such a dynamic offense. Uh, with those guys just creating so many mismatches. No, the the problem is, you know, can, can they all eat and all produce? And I don't think so. Uh, you know, Hopkins is going to get his. And maybe, you know, if you're debating Hopkins at the top, you could look at that and say, well, you know, there's a little bit of a concern. Is he going to get those uh, boatload of targets with Fuller and uh, QT healthy? And that might not be the case. Uh, Paris Campbell. Missed the last three days of practice with a hamstring injury. And, you know, it, this sucks because he had been really good. Uh, had a great practice on Sunday. He was getting open at will. So I hope 
I kind of hope this pushes its price tag down a little bit because I like Campbell. You know, Campbell's someone that I've taken in a couple early drafts, uh, and I was afraid, as I've always said, you know, when players like this get some buzz in camp, they move up the draft board now. His ADP is 136, and in recent drafts, uh, he's gone 139, 109, 115, 161. That is such a wide range, man. Like, that that's crazy. You know, 30 picks, uh, actually, and then, like, almost 50 picks in one draft, over 52 picks. That's a huge, huge disparity. So, you know, that's the difficult part is when you're telling people, okay, yeah, target them in this round. You know, once you get to, like, the double-digit rounds, you know, it could fluctuate everywhere. So, basically, it's if you like Paris Campbell, make sure you take him, you know, a little bit before his ADP. Now, this injury might push him down a little bit, but I still like Campbell. Again, it's a long season, man. You know, I do worry a little bit more because he is a rookie. You want to see him out there, you know, going through the plays and learning the playbook. Um, so it it does hurt him a little bit, but I'm I'm still taking him in drafts, man. And this Colts offense, I think it could be real good, obviously, if uh, luck is healthy. Uh, uh, we knew there was no worry on Michael Thomas. But if you missed it, he did sign an extension today. Five years, $100 million through 2024. He gets $61 million guaranteed. And now he becomes the highest paid wide receiver at $20 million per year. So, obviously, Julio Jones is keeping an eye on this. And uh, But Thomas is younger. Thomas turned 26 this past year. So, uh, no, no need to worry about him. I think we knew that. Uh, Bruce Arians said he expects a good battle between Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber to be the starting running back. So this is a battle that everyone's paying attention to. I think, obviously, the fantasy people want to see Ronald Jones win this job just because Peyton Barber's been boring. There's nothing exciting about him. But this could be a situation where both split. And, you know, this, to me, is going to be primarily a passing team. Their defense is terrible. They got a lot of weapons on offense. And I did take Ronald Jones in one draft already, a best ball draft. But, you know, his ADP is 98 right now in the Fantasy Football World Championship. An early of 81, a late of 121. I mean, he's okay in that range. You know, so guys that go after him, Vance McDowell, Carson Wentz, Nikhil Harry, Anthony Miller, David Njoku, Deshaun Jackson, James Washington. So not much in that running back range, Deonta Foreman. So, you know, it really depends on what you have on your roster at that point. But, you know, I like a lot of the receivers there in that range or a tight end instead. Uh, but it, it really depends what I have on my roster. If I have two running backs and like five, six receivers, I might take the shot on Jones at that point. Uh, but, you know, we're still not sure exactly what his role is going to be. And Peyton Barber's 123. Again, he's kind of very boring. You know, he it's all about volume for him. And maybe he gets it early on. But what if Jones does step up, um, you know, Ari just said that Jones is an explosive player and he's going to make big plays for them. But either way, uh, it's probably going to be a split here, which is not ideal for fantasy and uh, not something that, uh, that you know, is very exciting. Uh, looks like they're going to take it easy on Sony Michelle in training camp, and I'm not surprised by this. Damian Harris has performed well, and I mentioned this a couple months ago. Damian Harris is someone who I took in the FSGA draft in late June. You know, Harris, uh, he'll probably move up a little bit, too. Uh, Damian Harris is ADP right now in the 
FFWC is 121. See, I like him in that spot, man. You're talking about, about the 10th round. Uh, this is the area where we're kind of stashing the running backs. You know, if you look at this ADP range, it's Naeem Hines, Damien Harris, Jalen Samuels, Barber, Kalen Balaj. Balaj has really moved up in drafts, obviously, because he's been working with the ones. Uh, but Harris is the nice running back to target in that range in case Tony Michelle's knee acts up again and he can't be healthy, they'll use Harris. When we return, we'll talk the fantasy baseball trade deadline with Matt Modica of The Athletic here on Full-Time Fantasy. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network MLB Trade Line Day. We are about 20 minutes away. We've already been a flurry of trades. And joining me now to talk about it is Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. Matt, what's up? Uh, happy uh, trade deadline day, I guess. So far, I'm very happy. Uh, the news of Syndergaard staying put put a big smile on my face today. Yeah, you know, it didn't make sense for the Mets to trade him right now. Isn't his value probably a little bit low? I know he's been pitching better lately. 2.770 ERA over his last eight starts. 11 strikeouts yesterday. But, you know, let him finish the season like that and then reevaluate and maybe it changes in the offseason or keep him if you expect to contend. That's the way I was looking at it with the Mets and Syndergaard. Yeah, I mean, after you got Stroman, who you have under contract for next season, why not go into it with those three headlining your staff? You got Lugo. Hopefully you clean out Diaz's elbow. And that's a good 8-9 combination. So, I mean, you're back in a position where if you sign a couple of good players or make a couple of good moves, you could possibly contend. Uh, let's start with the trade last night. Uh, obviously, three-team trade here, Bauer going to the Reds, Yasiel Puig, Framo Reyes, Logan Allen going to the Indians, and Taylor Trammell, prospect, going to the Padres. And, of course, with the whole brawl last night, with Yasiel Puig being traded, still on the field, it's just a wild night. But what are your thoughts on that three-team trade? Uh, do you see a clear winner? Did it help all teams? And any major implications here for fantasy at all? Uh, I think there are some major implications for fantasy. Let's start with Bauer first. I mean, look, I wrote about it a month or so ago, or maybe a little more, that, you know, the AL Central, you know, these, especially like the Indian pitchers, they weren't capitalizing like we thought in the preseason. Oh, yeah, you want to have these pitchers, they're going to feast on. I think Bauer had an ERA over five versus, you know, the AL Central opponents, you know, that weren't Minnesota. So, I mean, that wasn't where he was good. I think it's, it's going to be a good thing for his stock in Cincinnati. Uh, Derek Johnson, fantastic pitching coach. Now you got Castillo and Gray. I really like the move. He's under contract for next year. They can always try to extend him. Not what. And Cleveland got what we've all said since the preseason. They just added 50 home runs. You got Fran Mill. You got Puig. That offense, which has been hitting. Uh, over the last few weeks, maybe even a month or so, it's been much better 
they get a major uh, boost here. And if they can get a Carrasco or Kluber back, Bieber's been lights out. Uh, Clevenger looks like a real deal. And please, that looks like a good back-of-the-rotation starter. Yeah, we also saw that uh, the Braves have acquired Shane Green from the Tigers. They also acquired yesterday Chris Martin from Texas. Luke Jackson has been up and down. He gave up three runs yesterday in a non-save situation. But I have to think that Shane Green probably comes in and is the closer. Do you, is that the way you're looking at it, too? I have to believe so as well. Uh, he's pitched tremendous this year. You know, if you're looking at it from a standpoint, a guy that nobody wanted, he was one of the best returns in all of fantasy, you know, as far as where his price point was and what he returned. I mean, it wasn't just the saves this year. I mean, this year he got a lot of saves and had like a five-year right. This year he's been almost almost immaculate, you know, and for a very bad team. Also, the Braves are reportedly close to acquiring Mark Melanson as well uh, from the Giants. So they're looking to bolster that bullpen there. Uh, down the stretch. Uh, how about the trade today for the Marlins? Uh, Zach Gallen traded to the Diamondbacks for shortstop prospect Jazz Chisholm. Uh, that certainly surprised me. It surprised me. I can't say. I don't know enough about Chisholm. Uh, I know, you know, some people really like him. Some people say he's a project. So on that aspect, I really can't grade. I, I know Gallen looks really good on the major league level. You know, the starts I've got to see a pitch. I understand what the Marlins are trying to do in the fact that they have a lot of young pitching depth and they're trying to get, you know, uh, position players now. But I think maybe they could have got a better return. But I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask on this prospect uh, of Chisholm. Yeah, he had some pops and speed in the minors, but a high strikeout rate. I think it was batting 204 this year. So I was 21 years old. Could be a a project, but uh, didn't expect them to uh, to deal Zach mm-hmm. Gallon. That was that was one name that I didn't expect to be seeing dealt today. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I didn't up. expect to see Gallon dealt today. Oh yeah, no, me neither. I, I thought they would have traded maybe a couple of their other younger pitchers. Gallon, I thought was you know he seemed like one of the better returns they have got in their trades, which have you know seemed to backfire on them in the past. So, yeah, I was pretty shocked at it, too. Uh, the Rays acquire Jesus Aguiar from the Brewers for Jacob Faria. Uh, what do you think about Aguiar going to Tampa Bay? Do you think this is a situation where he's in there only against left-handed pitching? We know they like to employ a lot of platoons with the righty lefties. How does this affect Nate Lowe as well? Uh, the, the whole Nate Lowe situation, I think they got to give this kid at bats every day, even versus left-handers. But I, I think you're right. If you're going to come down to – they're going to play the platoons. That's what they do and stuff. I think Aguilar, you know, it's a chance for him. He's been – in his defense, he has uh, played better in his limited use of late. But, you know, he did have a tremendous year last year, but he'd never done anything before. So it's one of those cases where, look, I, I think maybe the new, the new scenery could help him. But I don't know. I don't know if this is anything. Talking to Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com, breaking down the trade deadline here. Uh, the Phillies acquire Corey Dickerson. Uh, what does this do for his fantasy prospects? Well, I mean, let's see how everything shakes out in Philadelphia. I think it's a good move for the Phillies. 
you know, you're getting a, a good major league player, uh, you know, a guy that can contribute on the offense. And, you know, surprisingly, he was a good player. Didn't he win like a gold glove last year or something? But I don't think he's a gold glove caliber player. But, no, I think this is a good major league move. And if given the at-bats, it's a, it's a much better ballpark, much better home ballpark he has. So, I mean, I don't see any negatives right now. Uh, also, we see the uh, Nationals really bolster their bullpen. They pick up Hunter Strickland, uh, Rowanis Elias, and Daniel Hudson. Uh, do we have any idea who's going to close for the Mariners now? Because people have been stashing Strickland, Elias. This has been pretty productive. Uh, and, and Seattle's probably going to be a terrible team the rest of the way. But uh, looking at this bullpen, I mean, I'm just not sure who's going to close right now. Yeah, honestly, I, I couldn't give you an answer on that. The biggest fallout for me was the Hunter Strickland situation. I pretty much included all my shares of him. I started stashing him back in early June. Then he had the setback. But we were still holding him in the team I have with uh, Chris McCarron. That's number three overall in the main event. And unfortunately, that was a waste. Uh, is there any value for Drew Pomerantz? He gets traded uh, to the Brewers from the Giants, and obviously it hasn't been a good year. We've seen some flashes a couple of games, but going from a pitcher's park to one that's more ideal for hitters. I don't think so. I think the way he could get value is maybe he excels as the follower. I don't really like no, that he stays. He's going from a very uh, good home ballpark to not an ideal one. But that's the only way I see it. Maybe he comes into like four innings, you know, face the order once. That's really the only thing. I don't really get that trade that they just pulled off. It seemed a little odd. Yeah, they're kind of just desperate for any pitching arms right now. They're just so I – mean, Brandon <laughs> Woodruff being out to – yeah, it's a, Brandon Woodruff being out just crushed him. But I think we knew this. This was something we mentioned in the offseason. Like, what are the Brewers doing? I mean, you got to get some starting pitching. I, yeah, I totally agree. Look, Brandon Woodruff, I think he's the real deal. And the injury, you know. But even if he was healthy, you still needed another arm to compete. I mean, what is the Brewers' window right now? I mean, when, when Yellows becomes an agent, are they really going to be able to sign him? And stuff. I, I, I look, David Stearns is a very smart man, smarter baseball mind than me and stuff. But I think a couple of the decisions he made this year, I'm a little suspect on, especially that Kesson Aurora move earlier in the year when he shut it down. Uh, I, this is not a surprise, but David Robertson's out for the year, and he might need surgery to repair the flexor tendon, and he might need Tommy John surgery too. So. Man, just a disastrous year for Robertson, who some people were drafting as the closer for the Phillies. I was fortunate not to take him anywhere, and I benefited by picking up Hector Neris off the waiver wire in several leagues. Uh, I didn't get any Neris, but I did draft Robertson in one league. It was only one league, so look, his career has got to be pretty much over, right? i got to think at this point. Uh, how about Tanner? Tanner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it's not good for him. How about Tanner Roar going to the A's? I mean, they just find a way uh, to get value out of these veterans. Obviously, Roar leaving a pitcher's park here. I mean, he had a 4.24 year rate, a 1.42 whip this year. Uh, does he at least become more appealing for you as maybe a streamer uh, in deeper leagues because he's on Oakland now in that spacious ballpark in foul territory? 
He actually does. And up until this month, he had been really effective this year. I believe like his first 85 innings or so, he had only given up seven home runs. And I don't know what happened in his last stop this week. But entering the week, in his last like 20, 21 innings the month of July, he'd given up seven home runs. You know, so you see that stark difference. Look, he's not a great pitcher, but look, this team is desperate for, you know, starting pitchers and innings. And he'll have a favorable home park, which can cap the home run upside. And there's supposedly, you know, Shumanaya should be coming shortly. He just had a very good outing. And, you know, that's amazing. I don't know how Oakland does it, but they seem to be in it every year. It's amazing. Can we get the Mets to do this? Jeez, man. It's frustrating. Uh, It really is. Did you see this story about Tanner Roark? So he told Cincinnati reporters he was sitting in an Arby's parking lot eating a beef and cheddar and curly fries when he found out about the trade to the A's. That I did, I, and I am a fan of the beef and cheddar and curly fries. <laughs> I, I haven't eaten at Arby's in years, man. But uh, I don't know, man. Do, do you want do you want your athletes eating that? Uh, I mean, look at Tanner Roark. He's really, you know. <laughs> He doesn't look like in, uh, an Adonis on the mound. So <laughs> That's know. true. Hey, Bartolo Colon had a long career. He was probably gulping down the beef and cheddar. Uh, so do you, <laughs> uh, so is there any – I mean, outside of AL and only leagues, do you see anything really significant here for fantasy purposes that, that could be big off the wave? Where obviously, we need to wait and see who closes for Seattle. But anything else that you take away so far from the trades that we know uh. of? I mean, from the waiver wire aspect right now, not really. I, I do think it will help Bauer, though. I think to boost, and I think the whole Indian lineup. Look, the Indians have a much tougher schedule than the Twins rest of season, but, you know, that should be a very fun race to watch. And Cleveland might be the team that nobody wants to face in the uh, postseason. Well, especially if they can somehow get Carrasco back. And obviously we're all praying for him from a human level Corey Kluber could be back so yeah you know they they all of a sudden could become a dangerous team and it would have been nice if they addressed the outfield during the season but you know Ramirez is starting to turn around Lindor's been good Mm -hmm. you got Satana so yeah it is a very interesting lineup going forward now yeah no I mean I I think if you're an Indians fan you have to be happy even though you know they gave up Bauer nice return and I guess the Padres placed a good bet on that a place in the bet on that kid uh Alan Trammell, and a lot of people like him. So we'll see how that works out. All right, Matt, always good talking to you. I will see you Friday for our uh, flex draft. That's right. It's on Friday. Can't wait. See you Friday, buddy. All right, man. See you then. That is Matt Bodica. Check him out. Theathletic.com. Over to turn. We'll wrap it up with any baseball news. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for a few more minutes as it is MLB trade deadline day. They had the blockbuster trade last night between Trevor Bauer, Yasuo Puig, and Framo Reyes. And a lot of minor deals today. Nothing significant yet. Corey Dickerson going to the Phillies. 
Shane Green going to the Braves, Daniel Hudson, Hunter Strickland, and Rowanis Elias going to the Nationals. Obviously, they needed some bullpen help there. I expect Green to close for the Braves, hurting the value of Luke Jackson and Chris Martin. Tanner Roark goes to the A's. We've seen the A's do a nice job of uh, bringing in pitchers and getting them to pitch well. Uh, Zach Gallon of the Marlins traded uh, to the Diamondbacks for prospect Jazz Chisholm. Jad Jarko going to the Dodgers. So nothing significant here yet. We do have a few minutes left here. Uh, apparently the asking price for Zach Wheeler is very high for the Mets. Uh, Drew Pomerantz going uh, to the Brewers. Uh, Mauricio Dubon going to the Giants in that deal. So, again, nothing really significant here just yet as we have a couple minutes to go. Daniel Hudson also going to the Nationals. Uh, so we'll see um, if anything else happens here. Because remember, this year there is no uh, – this is it for trades. They eliminated the August 31st where you can pass through waivers. So this is pretty much it. Uh, Mark Melanson has been traded to the Braves. But that's just kind of to bolster the back end of that uh, uh, of the bullpen there. Uh, but I don't, I don't see him uh, being able to close. So uh, now I'm seeing uh, Joe Biagini being dealt to the Astros, and that's just to bolster the bullpen. Ken Giles obviously was rumored to be dealt, but uh, this elbow inflammation has hurt him a little bit, and uh, maybe he doesn't get traded. And not many movement here for the Giants so far, so we'll have to wait and see what happens here. We'll have breakdowns of it all tomorrow, anything that occurs here right up until the last minute of the trade deadline. You can check me out at fulltimefantasy.com. I have a QB and running back primer up now. Uh, in addition to a lot of other content as part of our fantasy football draft kit, you can use the promo code RONUS50 to get two months for the price of one. Any questions you have, draft strategy, you can ask on the message boards and forums. And my rankings are there as well. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.